to call it Anheuser-Busch Natural Light, and you doesn't have to call it Anheuser-Natural, and you doesn't have to call it Bush Natural. Just say natural. Johnson's right. Oh, you can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay. For a great-tasting light beer, just say natural. But you doesn't have to call me Justin. Two naturals, please. Please don't ask him his name. Name? You can call me Ray. Or you can call me... What the hell? I know. <laughs> I love the way that was sent to us, too. It was like, beer commercial exists. Late 1970s, <laughs> late 1970s America. Wheeze. <laughs> oh Wheezing <my>. laughter.jpg. <laughs> Yeah, but at least we at least we watched it. We might as well. Well, first let's start the show. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. Today we're going to be talking about the non-fat yogurt, season five, episode seven. But before that, uh, you just heard Ted doing some homework as I was doing before we started <laughs> recording too, and watched uh, the Natty Light beer commercial. That um, it's so funny to hear called Natural Light. I'm like, yeah. what are they ordering? Anheuser Natural Light. And like, then when they showed the label, I was like. Oh, Natty. Yeah. Natty White. Oh. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever like heard someone actually call it natural light in my life. Yeah, and much less Anheuser natural light yeah, or whatever yeah. they, you know. Th- this must I have, have been, two Anheuser natural lights. Th- this must have been like from right whenever it came out, you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, got to be, got to be. Yeah. Oh, lord. <laughs> but so that's some of our homework that we had from uh, two episodes ago or three, I guess. At this oh, point. God, I don't know it, what it is, it's been but... like a month and a half, I think. It, it was from the glasses, which was episode three, I think. And so, why did Ray J. Johnson pop up? Uh, I think it was uh, Fred Esposito's email to us. Uh, yeah. It said like, oh, man, I don't even remember what Fred said at this point. It's been like a whole month. Uh, but uh, well, okay, I, I have it right here. So, okay. um, Bill Saluga was in season four, episode nine, and Bill is most known for the character he played in the late seventies and eighties called Ray J. Johnson. Oh, the Simpsons okay. and Family Guy made fun of the character too. So, not only King of the Hill, um, but also those two shows. So, it would be interesting <laughs> to see those references. But yeah, that's why. So, I, I don't know what Bill Saluga played in that episode, but oh, that was man. him. <laughs> yeah pretty pretty awful let me see what bill saluga played on sign oh he was in the opera okay oh he plays an usher he just plays an usher i guess oh. in that episode okay i was gonna yeah. say he doesn't play um what's his name uh no crazy joe davola oh, okay no 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 i don't believe so that was peter crombie <laughs> um bill saluga yeah just played an usher so i guess it was technically kind of a cameo <laughs> 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 oh man uh did, did you get a chance to look up what the candy bar was in the glasses oh, hell no oh man here's the problem i just realized it today like normally i do my homework when i edit the episode which is on thursdays but uh-huh. i haven't been editing last week's episode until after we record <laughs> the next episode so i don't even think about the homework uh i, I don't i don't think we had any from the lip reader did we uh no no we it was just Ray J Johnson and the candy bar yeah so most of the time when I go back and listen uh, those questions will pop up and I'll write them and I'll, I'll just do the research right that second uh-huh. and have it ready for when we record but I, I haven't been doing it until very late and so anyway that's why my homework has been you know why I why I'm derelict in my duties <laughs> there uh I I'm I'm gonna try and look it up again uh see not right now right you don't want me to look it up right now. No, I was about. I was starting the Hulu episode as you, as I heard you joining the conversation, and I was like, "Ah, oh, well, maybe next week." I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
Uh, <laughs> I know so, we've just been putting it off for so long now. Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> it's, it's going to become our like Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon thing. Like, sorry to the candy bar. No time today. Maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well, we'll look it up next week. Unless, God, please, like, people tweet, like, go watch the episode and do our homework for us. Yes. That would really help us out. Seriously. If this is frustrating you... Do it for us. <laughs> Seriously, please. If anybody wants to go rewatch the glasses and notice like what candy bar Kramer is offering <laughs> to uh the eye doctor or the the guy the whatever guy who TV's Timothy Stack. Yeah, yeah TV's Timothy Stack. Uh whatever candy bar he's offering to him, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um that that would be awesome. And as long as we're talking about tweeting and stuff like that, we got a lot of love from the eerie podcasting scene yes. this week on Twitter. Yeah, I wanted to give like special shout outs to uh Rust and Dirt. They're at Rust Dirt on Twitter. Uh I, I don't know exactly who they are. I, I think they're like an anonymous uh teacher at one of the local high schools. Uh-huh. Uh I have no idea like their real identity, but they uh tweeted about a uh, local newspaper article that tried to compile all of the locally produced podcasts in Erie, Ugh. Pennsylvania, and they skipped over No Hugging, No Learning. They skipped over, I mean, they a, skipped a over t- a like, lot. So Rust and Dirt, like, actually did some due diligence and was like, hey, I'm... There's a lot they left out. Let's try to ma- and and they easily doubled the list that the newspaper had. <laughs> Here's all of them. No, actually, that's about half. Maybe yeah. less than half. Yeah. And uh, and shout out to like Rust and Dirt for like being a a, a good sport, I guess, uh, because they they tweeted their original list and said like, hey, yeah, is there anybody else here? And then I can't remember if it was <laughs> you or I that tweeted back to them like, yeah, whenever we look at this list and see that we're not on it, and yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, how could I forget? So I don't know if they knew that we were a thing before that or not, but uh, I mean they're. Aware of us now, as are yeah. the guys from the Idiotville podcast. I wanted to give uh, shout outs to those guys. They cover like a lot of like local politics, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's a good show. It's a good listen. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, Rust and Dirt. I know uh, they're they're big like history buffs. They might even have a history blog, um, but I know they uh, do a column in the Erie Reader too. That's always really interesting. And um, you know, when I first moved there, I liked reading it because uh, I like trivia, and mm-hmm. that's kind of. Uh, what they're all about, like the oldest building in Erie that's still standing and, and stuff like that. Like they dig deep into the you yeah, know, public yeah. records and, and land records and, you know, they, they uncover cool, um, you know, trivia about the area or just, I mean, it, just history about the area. But, you know, I, I can I file it under trivia in my brain. Yeah. It, I mean, even if it's not just trivia, it's a like really interesting, like historical tidbits. And yeah. also, this is probably not interesting at all to anyone living outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Well, I don't know. If you're a history buff or a trivia buff, I mean, Erie, uh, a lot of... If you're a War of 1812 buff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, also, coming up later in the show, we've got some we've got some content in Newman's Mail Sack again. Yay. So we'll get into that at the end of the show. Uh, did you have anything else for, like, top of show stuff? Yeah, just from last week's episode, uh, as far as trivia goes, as long as we're talking trivia uh, and the lip reader... This was writer Carol Liefer's first produced script for Seinfeld. Whoa, okay. Uh, and uh, she, again, just like all the script writers do, drew on her real-life experiences for storylines. And she 
um, always hated when the drivers talked to her. She was a stand-up, and she used to use a car service and stuff like that. Uh-huh. She didn't like talking to the drivers either, and she was annoyed that she she consistently ended up with drivers who wanted to talk to her, even <laughs> even when though she even when she tried Elaine's trick of reading a magazine. And um, so she added she she never pretended to be deaf, but she kind of made that up for the episode. And um, and sports commentators ridiculing a spectator who was messily eating a hot fudge sundae was actually something that she had seen on TV as well. So <laughs> Wait, having really? it happen to George. Yeah. Oh, my God. So having it happen to George. And when you think about it, there was actually a great I don't know if they put it up anywhere, but there was a great uh, segment on college game day which even though we don't watch football, Sarah and I get up every Saturday and watch college game day for some reason because they have stories like this. So they talked to people who became memes just by being in the crowd and doing something funny at a college football game. So there's like LSU stare girl. There's a the oh guy who's like reading God. a book at this, at this, yeah, at this blowout. Um, it was like 53 to seven and there was a professor in the stands like reading a book. And so he became a meme. And uh, so they talked to all these people who became memes at sporting events. And it really reminded me of, of George because we said like oh he would be a meme immediately oh, for sure I mean that that picture of him would be everywhere with funny captions like my face when you know I get <laughs> to go out for ice cream or whatever you know like just just dumb stuff uh it, it was instantly memeable and so I, I found that interesting <laughs> that they did that little story on people that I and I love when people who are memes are tracked down you know that's oh, like yeah. one of my favorite things like real life uh, bad luck, Brian. Real life uh, obsessed girlfriend. Like anytime those people are talking, oh, did, I'm like, "You're real." Did you see that? There's been like a full, like uh, maybe not a full length, but definitely a short film documentary about Hide the Pain Harold. No. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. The old man who's like kind of smiling, but you can tell that it's like a forced, yeah, uh, d- uncomfortable smile. Yeah, yeah. He's not like putting on a character. He just looks like that. That's how, like, <laughs> like that's his normal like smile. <laughs> I I gotta try and find that. I'll send it to you later. Uh, I want to say there's even a special, like a documentary on Hulu about memes or or something like that. Oh, I, I might be making that up, but <laughs> but that's so, a great show that I would watch all the time if they just spent 30 minutes, you know, tracking down. I guess that's what Tosh Point is. <laughs> oh, oh God, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Because they even one of the gr- girls they had talked to was like. She was trying to catch a field goal. She was like one of the one. She was a ball girl, you yeah. know, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and she was trying to catch a field goal, and it like smacked her in the face, and <laughs> and you know, then that video was everywhere. And uh, she's talked about doing a web redemption on Tosh Point oh. and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that this does exist, but you have to watch Tosh Point oh in order to see it every week. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I just can't bring myself. <laughs> that, that's the downside. <laughs> now on, I I love Tosh Point oh, like. 10 years ago and i always forget that it's still on <laughs> can you believe that I, it's insane i mean hey and, good, good for him though that's that's oh, awesome yeah i mean for, <laughs> let's bring it back to our dane cook conversation like that dude is right? still grinding i mean right? so and and tosh is still grinding and still being promoted like you won't see a com- i watch the office a lot on comedy central you won't see a commercial break without a promo for tosh point out <laughs> like gee, oh all my right. god yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for that matter, I still catch. Um, what was the what was the uh, MTV show uh, where they watched web videos with one of the guys from Jackass? I think. Oh God! What uh, was that? You are, are you thinking of ridiculousness? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, with Rob Deerdeck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh God! I don't, I don't know whether they're making new ones of that or whether I just happen to catch the fact that it's on on the guy whether they show old ones or I, what but that one is still being broadcast at I, least i don't think they're still making new episodes of ridiculousness <laughs> with rob deerdeck 
Uh, well, <laughs> good, I guess. I don't know. I have no opinion because it. Yeah, but I'm I'm fine with that being gone. <laughs> Now I can catch up easier. They're not cranking out new ones. Exactly. You have a finite <laughs> number of episodes to watch. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email, send us a tweet, show at gmail.com or at nohugging. Both of those links are in the description. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we might send you a no hugging, no learning sticker. Once we get them made, we do not have them made yet. They do not actually exist yet. And seriously, the, the five-star ratings and the written reviews, those actually really go a long way to help. Uh, yeah. I, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it's a rating or a review, so what? They actually help a lot. And I, I think I hammered in the whole disclaimer this week. Yeah, sounds yes! good. Finally, after like, what, <laughs> an entire season of constantly fucking it up. <laughs> Uh, with that being said, Season 5, Episode 7, The Non-Fat Yogurt, original air date, November 4th, 1993. I was 10 months and 15 days old whenever this episode aired, and if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry and Elaine suspect Kramer's yogurt shop is causing their weight gain. Hmm. I don't hate it. No. We'll have to see I, if we can do better once we get yeah, to the I, end, though. I, I actually guess. really like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we start with a stand-up bit as usual, and this is some rare loose crowd work from normally very, you know, tight one-minute bit Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, he's like, I had uh, glasses at 10. Anyone get him younger? And people are yelling from the crowd, oh, yeah. I guess, like the, seven. There's like a five-second pause, and then we just yeah. hear, like, from almost the back of the room. I'm going to see if I can replicate it. A woman just <laughs> goes, seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he remarked, he says seven, and someone, I guess, I didn't hear, did you hear anyone say two? Nope. <laughs> no, me neither, so I don't know if that's part of the bit or what, because the next step is, anyone born with glasses, anyone come out with them on and go, wow, that was rough, and he sort of mimes taking them off and stuff, <laughs> and really, I mean, this this is kind of like four episodes too late, like, wouldn't this fit in much better with the glasses? Yeah, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went back and looked. The glasses starts with uh, night guy versus morning guy, which I liked as a as a premise because I found it very relatable. And then at the end, um, he does. T- that's where he talks about glasses <laughs> being an impulse item and the fact that he was so upset that you can go into a store and just buy reading glasses without a, a professional consultation. Um, so at least that one was about glasses. So yeah. it seems weird. Does glasses connect to anything in the episode? In this episode? Yeah. Uh, I really do I really don't think it does. No, no, I, I don't think it does either. <laughs> so I wonder, so was, I wonder if they could have just done night guy versus morning guy here and done both glasses bits on the glasses. Yeah, I don't think that would have been such a bad. I, I mean, idea. The, the only thing I can think of is with his crowd work being very loose. He comes yeah. in and he's he obviously is saying like, yeah, I ad lib like ten new minutes, maybe. That's supposed to be. Oh, <laughs> maybe brilliant. that's supposed to be like his his ad libbed work. Totally, yeah. Because it, it like it, like we've been saying, it seems very loose, and that's got to be what it is. That's yeah. got to be what it uh, references. Although, although that's wow. not that's not till later on though. That's not till like halfway through the episode. I don't think. No, no. It's it's it comes pretty early. Is um, it? Yeah, it's like the second scene. Oh, so. that's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be it. Wow. That's uh. That's so 
deeply meta that it went right over my head. <laughs> but nice detective work, Ted. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we open we open in a, uh, a frozen yogurt shop, the uh, aforementioned frozen yogurt shop, and yeah. and the uh, and Elaine and Jerry and George are there, and they're raving about this frozen yogurt. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Did they ever say that it was frozen yogurt in this scene? Because I didn't pick up on that. I just thought it was yogurt. Well, the sign on the outside says frozen yogurt. Okay. That's the only I, indication, I guess, that it okay. is frozen. I, I just didn't catch that the first time then. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird. Like, it's Why do we accept frozen yogurt shops so easily when we're like, would you go to a yogurt shop where like they scooped <laughs> yogurt out of a tub and oh, plopped God. it in a bowl and you like eat yogurt? <laughs> I don't think I would. Well, why does it sound so weird? I know, but but you had frozen in front of it. You're like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> like, no, you're still. That's ju- it's just. Uh, yeah, could you imagine? Like, yeah, right, we're, we're going the to the yogurt corp- shop. Yeah, I'm opening. Oh, cool, frozen yogurt. No, yogurt. <laughs> just tubs of yogurt. And I, I serve Ew. them up. Ew. I serve them up cool. <laughs> Even better, I serve it lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, I serve it lukewarm yogurt. <laughs> Uh, we're going places. Um, uh, Elaine got blueberries, and there are real blueberries in there. She's mm-hmm. raving about that. There's um, co- uh, Jerry got the coffee flavor, and he says they grind up the coffee beans and put it in there. It's absolutely delicious. Oh, and I, I meant to here, I meant to look this up. I'll, I'll do this right now because um, he gives some to Elaine, and she goes Rico, and he goes Suave. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard the song Rico Suave? I I think I have by I by Gerardo. So. Yeah. yeah. It had only been out like three years at this point, it, so I guess it was still you know top of, top of mind as well, far it, as references it, go. It, it's made it to a bunch of like uh, like top songs of the '90s lists or like one hit wonders of the '90s. I definitely think I saw it on like a VH1 countdown. Bingo! Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it was it was a number seven hit for Gerardo back in 1990. Um, yeah, and uh, I, the only frame of reference I really have for it is Weird Al's version taco grande and it's all about mexican food <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard that one <laughs> yeah that's uh, that was on his um you know the the, nirvana, the one with the nirvana nirvana cover I, okay I, I, that's that's the only i'm not as familiar with rico suave the actual song but uh so anyway the, the yogurt's non-fat that's uh-huh. what they all can't believe that it tastes so good and it's non-fat and kramer is an investor in it and they're like he's gonna make a mint on this yeah he's just gonna make yeah, out which like we were totally both surprised by because reading through the description last week i was like did kramer like invest in a yogurt shop because what we were trying to think he's had a bunch of like wacky out there ideas and we were trying to think if he's ever mentioned like just off the cuff investing in a yogurt shop and neither one of us thought like oh no it's probably just like the one that he goes to right right but no no, apparently he did invest in it yeah and jerry exclaims this is so fucking good right as a kid walks by (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you recognize this kid and his mom, it's Matthew from season three, episode 22, The Parking Space. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so I, as I was delving into that character, I I don't remember this, but it says it in Wikipedia. So uh, we, we found this scene kind of out of place and, and unnecessary, but Jerry mentioned something to Matthew's mom while they're standing on the sidewalk like, oh, I hear your uh, husband has to close the store. And uh, and Matthew didn't know that. And so Jer- that was like, you know, kind of a, a, a faux pas by Jerry breaking some news that they hadn't told the kid yet you know, in, front of, in front of Matthew. But so it, I, in Wikipedia, it's like Jerry mentions to Matthew's mom that they have to close the frozen yogurt shop. And I was like, 
I do not remember that detail being in it. I remember something about the business closing, but I don't remember it being mentioned. But it's obviously the same store and business and family and everything. Yeah, but like, oh my God. So, wait. He mentions to the mom that he has to close the frozen yogurt shop or supposedly just close the shop. Uh, I, I don't remember what they said in season three. I don't either, yeah. But like that's in season three, and this is season five, where it's yeah. obviously like booming. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it was Kramer's little bit of seed money that kept him afloat for a whole season or something. <laughs> maybe. God, that's <laughs> yeah. so weird. Okay. They Because Wikipedia mentions frozen yogurt, he must say, oh, I heard you got to close the frozen yogurt shop, but I really don't remember that detail, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if it if it was the case. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's specified frozen yogurt. Uh, I, I mean, I don't remember that well back to that episode. We I'd have to yeah. go back and listen to it. Um, right. But I think he just says something like, have to close the store or close the shop, yeah, you know? that's what I thought, too. Might have to put this down for homework that I okay. hopefully yeah. remember to do. <laughs> um, so George, meanwhile, spots Lloyd Braun, a quote-unquote friend of his, just someone from his old neighborhood, who is an advisor to Mayor Dinkins. And so obviously George doesn't like this guy because he's a, a, you know, he thinks he's so great. And Lloyd comes over and immediately mentions like, so I heard you're living back home. <laughs> uh, you know, it's obvious these two are like passive aggressive frenemies, I guess, for lack of a better term, because, uh, you know, then George is like, oh, yeah, there was a fire in my apartment. Then Lloyd is like, man, there's some major chicks in here, which <laughs> is obviously a, a lame thing to say. So George yeah. like kind of nudges Jerry and like, see what I told you about this guy. And Jerry's like, yeah, you know, Jerry kind of rolls his eyes. But then Lloyd kind of catches the whole exchange uh-huh. and he asks George, is there something wrong with your arm? And George... <laughs> Because he's George, just lies immediately about uh-huh. bumping it on a, a table, and uh, and it just has been spasming. And then Lloyd says, "Oh, that's a bitch." Yeah, like, what? This <laughs> episode is so profane. I I I made a note of this too. I was like, "Are they trying to swear more? Or are they trying to be more edgy?" Yeah, I didn't. I was like, maybe the the standards and practices were like, all right, we'll give you, you know, uh, we'll give you seven bleeped f words, and we'll give you one unbleeped B word, but that's all you get in a season. They're like, fine, we'll blow them all in one episode. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be, that'd be hilarious if that's how it like actually worked. Like you have a, (laughs) you have a quota for the entire season and then like standards and practices is just like counting down towards the end of the season. And you lose count like halfway through. And then like the second half of the season is just completely G rated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it reminds me, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but Michael Che on Saturday Night Live said he put in his contract that he can say the N-word three times during Weekend Update <laughs> in like, a season. A per season? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> but it might have just been a tag to a time when he said it and, or something like that. But, you know, it, it's funny nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you, you hear that there are numbers of these things it's like all right in a pg-13 movie you can say the f word once uh-huh. and you know and, and you can have one person like you but if someone kicks someone in the head well then it's r you know like weird stuff like that you know yeah yeah Sw- swearing is a little more liberal than violence yeah yeah definitely uh even on tv these days you know oh my certain, god yeah like I'll, after hours i'll be i'll be watching something on like tnt or tbs at like uh, 8 p.m. and yeah. and it'll be like uncensored Deadpool or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, FX is, does insane. that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I started watching FX on demand uh, uh, and was watching Deadpool, and they didn't take anything out. I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. 
Okay. Maybe I maybe that's because it's on demand, but like uh, could I, be, yeah. I, I've definitely heard uh, a, a lot more language than even I would expect uh, at like eight p.m. or yeah. earlier. And South Park too is just letting everything fly these days. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So George is like kind of moving his arm now that he's got this story going. He's like. You know, taking the make, making the mental effort to have it spasm every couple seconds. Uh, Lloyd sees Elaine and again says she's a doll. And <laughs> Elaine comes over and they greet each other, and she's pretty enamored with him. You know, thinks he's so cute and stuff like that. And and George is upset that one of his friends finds this guy who he completely dislikes attractive at all. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to mention before we move on, if you have anything, is I, I liked Jerry's Normcore outfit here. He's got like a purple jacket with a brown collar and a blue shirt, <laughs> a blue button up underneath that. I really thought it worked. Hell yeah. Like normally his, uh, you know, the wardrobe doesn't always stick out to me, but in this case it did. I was like, that's a cool, I, I would never wear a purple jacket, but Jerry was pulling it off. Oh man. Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely looked good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in Jerry's apartment, Kramer and Jerry are talking about the yogurt shop and, and Jerry's raving about it. And Kramer's like, you know, kind of resting on his laurels saying that, uh, you know, he knew it was going to be great. And Jerry tells him this is where he tells him I had an amazing yeah, set where he yeah, ad lib 10 new minutes and he taped it all. Yeah. And you caught like the example of the joke that he said. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The like, Ottoman Empire. It's like, what is this? An empire based around putting your feet up? <laughs> oh, God. Kill me. It must have killed. It must have killed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Elaine Elaine comes in, and Kramer immediately remarks on her weight gain. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, what does he say? He's like, yo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, you put on easily five, ten pounds. <laughs> Elaine uh, and Jerry, too, They they and he says Jerry's put on weight as well. Uh-huh. And Elaine, they run into the bathroom. Well, yeah, and you, Elaine, you caught Elaine's line. She's like, where's your bathroom scale? And Jerry just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. shrugs. He's like, you you just said it. It's in the bathroom. Yeah, it reminds me of one of my another one of my favorite sort of like vaudevillian era wordplay gags is like, does this place have a back entrance? Yeah, it's in the back or something like that, you know? <laughs> I feel like that is another, kind of, but this is this is a funny plan. Where's your bathroom scale? Uh, and Elaine's put on seven pounds, and Jerry's put on eight. Mm-hmm. And they ha- there's nothing new. They've they've wor- they've been working out. They've been keeping the same diet. The only difference is this yogurt. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Jerry mentions it to Kramer, but Kramer immediately deflects it, and he's like, "Oh, ma- maybe it's the Oreos." Which yeah, <laughs> what, what, was there something in the news at the time that like Oreos were like really bad for you? Well, why have, why would he name drop Oreos? I have no idea. If anything, he could have name dropped cereal because Jerry he loves eats a cereal. lot of cereal. Yeah, yeah, and it's all you know. Looking at his his uh, shelf, it's all pretty healthy stuff. Oreos, are, I mean, not Oreos, Cheerios are making an appearance a lot, mm-hmm. and and uh, flake, lots of flakes, but nothing really sugary. But it still, you know, would have been more in character than like the Oreos was out of nowhere. I have no idea what he was talking about, <laughs> but him miming opening the Oreos and eating them was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you and those great. Oreos? <laughs> yeah, and then like he says, a uh, Elaine breaks them open and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like um, she's having sex with them. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and uh, especially what? like at this point i'm noticing like in addition to just the the bleeps this episode is much more vulgar yeah just from uh his sort of miming or other stuff uh but i mean kramer like pantomiming elaine having like mouth sex with an oreo <laughs> that's yeah. a bitch isn't it and all yeah. the bleeps i'm like jesus what is going on 
It, it is. It is a pretty dirty episode. And Elaine has an idea. She'll call the Food and Drug Administration. Uh-huh. And she gets so excited, she like puts her hand on Jerry's stomach. And but then she also <laughs> notices he's a little pudgy. Uh, and she makes kind of a very funny face. Uh, and then Kramer says, like, I don't know if this... Uh, Kramer says that he'll go on an all-yogurt diet for a week. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's going to do that now to prove that it's not. Or if it is, he'll go on an all-yogurt diet for a week. I, I think it's if it... If there is fat in it, he'll go uh, on an all yogurt diet. I, I that, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, that's that's what it sounded like. But it would make more sense for him to go, even though there's absolutely no payoff either way. It would make more sense for him to go. You know what? I'll eat it. I'll eat nothing but that for a week to show you that it's non-fat. <laughs> um, and then it would have been funny to see like a you know Kramer in a fat suit later on or something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I that's where I thought this episode was heading. That's what I thought we were getting at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're at uh, George's parents' house now, which I guess is still George's house. And uh, Frank is talking, and he whacks George is napping on the couch, and he whacks him across the head with a magazine just so he can talk about Tommy Toon, <laughs> who I guess is a dancer from probably the turn of the century. I have no idea. Oh, probably. Uh, but like, as soon as George wakes up, his first question is, "What's for supper?" Yeah. Meanwhile, there's uh, someone at the door. It's Lloyd Braun. He drops in. He was in the neighborhood visiting his mom. And so George, uh, you know, because he's the best liar, he starts immediately with the arm spasms again. And he like (laughs) he kind of nudges his mom. Oh, um, he he doesn't just nudge her. He just straight out like just whacks her in the arm with his elbow. Yeah, yeah. He throws (laughs) a bow. Yeah, pretty hard. Um, And you know, Lloyd mentions that you know he, he talked about George's arm to. Mayor Dinkins and asked if he knew of a doctor or anything. So Lloyd made an appointment with Dinkins orthopedist and the parents, George's parents have never been prouder of George in in this moment. Nothing is ever done that has been as good as someone else (laughs) talking about him to the mayor of New York city. (laughs) Like your your name came up in conversation with mayor Dinkins. Yeah, it's they are so honored and like George <laughs> George has never done anything in his 35 plus years of life whatever it is to make them this proud. Oh um, my god. Which only makes George more incensed, but uh-huh. Lloyd is also interested in the diagnosis. He can't wait to hear what it is because, you know, obviously he thinks that George is is faking it. And it's at this point that I was like there's a pretty good concurrent episode of the Lloyd Braun show going on right now because this is exactly something that our gang would do like you know what i saw him nudge a guy well i'm, I'm imagining lloyd like talking to her friends yeah uh, talking to his friends like yeah he, he nudged the guy next to him and that guy rolled his eyes and i saw it well then he has the gall to tell me that it's a spasm so you know what i did i'm gonna catch him in the lie i mean this is a scheme that <laughs> that jerry and his pals would set up to try to catch somebody who they feel like has done them wrong oh yeah yeah i uh, yeah i feel like man an, an alternate universe lloyd braun series like based on this episode would, yeah. would be an interesting watch. It would have been an awesome, like, yeah, sort of, um, I don't know, like Snake Eyes style thing where, you know, you see Jerry and the gang in the background sitting at a table while Lloyd is talking to his friends about the, the, the uh, yogurt and stuff like that. It would have been a really cool episode to happen, like, right afterwards or something, you we, know? We need, like, uh, we need Dan Harmon to bring back his community roots and, yes. and, and do like a, a darkest timeline story with Seinfeld. <laughs> exactly. And it's uh, and it's all the side characters. Oh, my gosh. You know, I would 
watch that. It would be impossible to produce because it'd be a different cast every single week, but <laughs> that would be awesome. Like all these little one-off characters, like a show about Bookman, a show about the Moyle, like an episode about, I mean, that would be so awesome. I mean, I know <laughs> we can't really have an episode about the Moyle now, but you know. Oh man. <laughs> too soon. It, uh, it really is too soon. Actually. <laughs> it really is, yeah. But I mean, I, 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 I would love to see that. And it, this was the first episode where it really stuck out to me that Lloyd is going to lengths that we've never seen a normal person go to. You know, most of the time, the people that get caught up in, in the Seinfeld gang schemes are like, you guys are crazy and insane. And I don't want to be a part, you know, yeah, think yeah. of um, Anna Gunn and the Virgin and all these people that get, you know, <laughs> they get caught up in their scheming to catch other people doing them wrong yeah they immediately like, they they just want like out of their lives they, they just <laughs> they just exit stage left from the episode and not like they try to like really like tie them up in their own lie like lloyd braun yeah. is yeah yeah i mean it, it's pretty incredible the lengths that lloyd braun is going to to prove jo- that george you know slighted him for one second you know <laughs> <laughs> And, and and that's like they never see each other. They're not, but it's it's just so vindictive and petty that it fits right in with with the the rest of the gang's moral compass. If they weren't just on, you know, if they weren't enemies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they would yeah. be friends. Um, in, in Jerry's apartment, Elaine found a lab uh to, that will test the yogurt for fat content. It's in Brooklyn. They have to go there. Uh, meanwhile, Matthew's mom. Uh, knocks on the door Matthew and his mom actually and um her son actually never mind it's just Matthew's mom at this point yeah which and, which sidebar how does she know where he lives I get the feeling that they live in the same building do you think because just going back to the parking garage you know they were they knew each other at that point uh-huh. somehow so that that's my only guess okay I I have no idea. It's not established. I mean, they, they try to establish it here in, in a second, or well, I, I thought they were saying it for the first time. Apparently, they're reiterating it that Mary is the wife of the guy who owns the yogurt shop. But I'm thinking like that still doesn't explain how she knows where her husband's business partner's best friend lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you didn't remember that we have already encountered over a season ago. Oh yeah, like a season this- and a half, I think. Right? Yeah, you don't realize that that was an acquaintance. You're like, oh, Jerry slipped up and said a bad word in front of a kid. I guess that's the end of it because there's no way, yeah. there's no indication that they know each other. <laughs> but I, there was uh, uh, in season three, you know? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, uh, so it, it is kind of confusing. But yeah, Mary says yeah. her, her son now won't stop saying fuck. And so <laughs> would you, you know, ask if Jerry would talk to him because he wants to be a comedian like you? Um, <laughs> And, you know, since they have Mary there and Mary does have a connection to the yogurt shop, they ask, hey, by the way, does that yogurt have any fat? And Mary goes, no fucking way. <laughs> and, uh, and walks off. Uh, so, you know, this this uh, played to me like, have you ever seen a Christmas story? Yeah. So kind of the same thing. You know, Ralphie goes, oh, fuck. Or he says, oh, fudge in the movie, you know. That's and, right. Uh, and his mom, you know, goes, where'd you hear that word? And, and he said he blames it. On, he, you know, he throws one of his friends under the bus, even though he says, like, well, actually, I heard my old man say that word about 20 times a day or whatever it is. Uh, and so when the mom calls, um, I forget who he blames it on, Flick or something, uh, Flick's mom, uh, you know, she goes, and do you know where he heard that? And on the other end of the phone, you go, probably his father. And she goes, no, he heard it from <laughs> your. And so Mary probably drops f-bombs all the time oh probably. but is now just looking to blame somebody else for the fact that her son now has <laughs> a potty mouth back at george's house uh, lloyd is still there and he asks about elaine and george you know if, if lloyd starts dating elaine george can already see that he's going to be spending a lot more time 
with Lloyd. I mean, the potential for time is is going to be there. And so he's kind of like coy about it and doesn't want to give out any of Elaine's info. Also giving out Elaine's private info to some random dude. Oh, yeah. Even th- even though she was into him, you know, would also be kind of whack as a friend. Yeah. But like, that's not but that's not the reason George isn't doing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, as as a friend, just like giving up info like George has no right to do that. I, yeah. I don't know. But he also has no problem with it because remember no, he did it to the not. dog guy. He did it to the dog guy in the glasses shop. Like that's true. Uh, no, that was Jerry's house. Yeah, of course he lives <laughs> in apartment six H or whatever. That's true. He just sold Jerry all the way out. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing noble about Jerry not or about George not giving <laughs> no no Lloyd right. Elaine's info. It's just if Elaine starts dating <laughs> Lloyd, we might have to hang out, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> But Estelle is, you know, so enamored with Lloyd as well and what a great boy he is that, uh, you know, he gives him all the info. Oh, you're talking about Elaine. Oh, she works at Pendant Publishing and stuff like that. (laughs) I I honestly thought, like, uh, Estelle was just going to, like, drop, like, her uh, phone number and email address right there. Yeah, yeah. So back at the yogurt shop, Newman is there with his big postal gang, and they're all just, like, chowing down on, on the yogurt, getting multiple rounds of this delicious non-fat yogurt. We do get a hello, Newman, hello, Jerry exchange, as, mm-hmm. as we should. Elaine orders a vanilla yogurt to go, and then they're off to Brooklyn. Uh, in the car, on the way, you know, Elaine's like, we got to hurry, it's melting. And Kramer says, well, the melting changes the molecules. You can't test that now. <laughs> and and to prove that he knows what he's talking about, he says he got a 90 in biology. Oh, and he calls Jerry Fatso. He's like, listen, Fatso, I'll have you know I got a 90 in biology. Oh, yeah. He calls him like so many names during this episode. Fatso, Tubby, Chubbs. Yeah, yeah. Every every time he's got a new one. And Jerry's oh, yeah. fed up at this point. He's like, you call me Fatso one more time, you're going to be walking. Uh, so at the lab, which is called... Ben Ben Dinner and Schlesinger Lab, and actually, <laughs> I don't know if they have a location in Brooklyn, but this is not in Brooklyn. It's in the East Village. It, the, yeah, the advertisement. I mean, the ad, the address is is plastered on the front. It's Forty Seven Third Avenue, which is solidly in Manhattan's East Village. Wow. Uh, all right. So yeah, a bit of a geographic anomaly. Not the first time. In fact, we've been talking about the glasses a lot this episode. Uh, you might remember Jerry says the glasses. The opt- optometrist is on Columbus Avenue, but. It's definitely not. I mean, you can see that on the address, but I guess they figure middle America doesn't have the, you know, geographic knowledge of Manhattan and the surrounding boroughs. Yeah. And they can sort of get away with stuff like that. That plus, and were people like really uh, realizing what the uh, windows and the buildings said in 1993 on standard deaf NBC? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I bet that was just like a a, a blurry white line in '93. Yeah, it's like the uh, the very first, maybe the second episode that we talked about, where they're in like the video store, and you can clearly see that Jerry's yes. picking up an adult tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were stickers over the really naughty parts, <laughs> but you can still see like what position they're in and stuff. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You're right. As far as far as I can tell, by the way, it's still there. I don't know. I couldn't really tell if the 47 Third Avenue lab was still there, but from every, I didn't see anything that said it was closed. So that's kind of interesting that you know Bendinger and Schlesinger are still still making it happen. Kramer starts, so they're you know they're dropping the stuff off in the lab, and Kramer starts hitting on uh, one of the lab workers there. Uh, I love this. Uh, this is his pickup line: "Test tubes, cool." <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, I like Kramer's pickup line better here than George's pickup line at the Briss. He's like, so you uh you been to a few of these before? <laughs> like, no, yeah, never. Yeah. Oh, I've been to a few. 
Maybe <laughs> a few. Yeah, let me know if you uh, start feeling faint. Um, Jerry, you know, is talking to the other lab worker who is, you know, holding a, a test tube. And it is, he, and he like just straight up tells him, this is actually Giuliani's blood. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's in there for a cholesterol test. So how weird is it to have, uh, you know, uh, to be talking about Rudy Giuliani in 1993 versus 2019 treasonous rat Giuliani, oh, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Like he was, Jeez. he was still on his way to becoming America's mayor in '93. You know, yeah, he he was on the way to like cleaning up New York City. Yeah, he yeah. He, was, he was on his way to still being a very reputable guy. Yeah, <laughs> and and that legacy has just been completely thrown oh, in the garbage. Man, and also I I want to point out the lab tech just straight up says no, it doesn't matter if it's melted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and and <laughs> Elaine looks at Kramer and is like, "See, told you," and he. That's when he walks off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't matter if it's melted. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and Giuliani's blood is there. I think I mentioned for, uh, you know, to be tested for cholesterol mm-hmm. um, it, back in the car. Jerry is now accusing Kramer of tainting the jury pool, as it were, because if he takes out the lab technician, that'll skew the results. You know, when they when they come in, they say it stinks and and whatever. That's kind of all that happens in that scene uh-huh. uh, in the apartment back in Jerry's apartment. Uh, by the way, an exterior shot that. I didn't really recognize. I mean, we've seen kind of a like a catty corner shot that involved a that involves that um, that, awning, but not straight on the awning. No, I'm glad you caught you off guard, too. I was like, wait, what? This is Jerry's apartment. Yeah, this was weird. Yeah. Maybe they're Uh, just trying to like uh, kind of freshen things up. Yeah, yeah, just kind of, yeah, fresh in the pot with a new B-roll. Yeah. But Jerry and George are there and talking about the George's arm appointment. And, you know, George is considering it a challenge. Like, Lloyd doesn't know what he's up against. I can do this for the rest of my life, and it's not a problem. Meanwhile, Jerry is measuring Cheerios down to the single O <laughs> just to make sure that he's not eating too much. Because now they're all watching their weight, or yeah. at least Jerry and Elaine are. Uh, Elaine comes in, and she has a date with Lloyd. And... George immediately goes, all right, well, now you got to be in on it because of what I told him while you were getting more frozen yogurt because Elaine didn't hear that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, just tell him that I hit it on the thing and I'm, I'm you know, I move my arm involuntarily now. And Elaine and George start fighting over telling Lloyd a lie like that because Elaine's like, well, what if this actually goes somewhere? This will always be between us. Our relationship will start with a lie. What if we get married and stuff like that? <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Mary and Matthew show up and for jerry's talk with matthew and uh matthew says that jerry's a funny fucker um <laughs> and so jerry's like you know matthew if you keep cursing a lot of comedians don't curse so you know if you don't curse you know if, if you keep cursing you won't be a comedian like me and jerry you know considers that talk good enough and he uh-huh. looks over at elaine and george and this is where we get elaine and george approval dot gif oh yeah <laughs> we finally see we've used I, it we've tweeted this so many times actually, and ted and i have texted it to each other actually i think i tweeted this to rust and dirt uh for uh, uh they say like oh yeah sorry hope there's no hard feelings about like not having you on the list i was like oh yeah no hard feelings approval dot gif yeah yeah <laughs> so this is it this is this is one of the big gifable moments of seinfeld <laughs> Uh, and so the phone rings and matthew for some reason starts unraveling jerry's stand-up tape with possibly a new set for the tonight show and his 10 ad-libbed brilliant minutes and jerry sees him doing this and he yells what the fuck are you doing you little piece of shit <laughs> uh of course all bleeped but kind of undoing everything he just yeah absolutely. all the foundation he just but like, laid what, with what kind of kid like just sits down oh hey a cassette i'm gonna rip out all of the tape 
Exactly. <laughs> the kid deserved it. The kid like, deserved to get smacked. Hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm it, so, how, how did his mom not like come over and just like yank him out of the seat? Exactly. Yeah. She's a bad mom. I think that's why we know. <laughs> um, back at the lab, Kramer and his date have showed up. Kramer, I mean, he, he, this is not the first time we've seen him bring his date back to where they work. It must be like a fetish of his, like, you know, <laughs> maybe. Getting, getting it on with his dates in their workplace. Oh, my God. Maybe. What kind of weird move is this? Oh, man. So what? when else has this happened? The library? The library is it definitely comes to mind. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if it's happened, uh, you know, since then, but, you know. But this is definitely twice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely at least twice. I can't think of any of his other dates, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where the... Where the I don't know where the lip reader worked. You know, she was a fashion designer, so that's maybe she true. worked out of her house. Maybe Ooh. that's what Kramer loved. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, and the same thing with Elaine's roommate too. Maybe she worked out of her house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this too. She she's like, how about a little you know mood lighting or something? And she lights a Bunsen burner, which Kramer calls a Bunsen burger. Did he not say Bunsen burger? <laughs> he definitely said Bunsen burger, and the captions yeah. said Bunsen burner. The the, cap- oh. the the captions totally missed out on the joke. Totally, I love that. I love it. it's just so dumb and simple. Like, ooh, Bunsen burger. <laughs> I, I I think that's so hilarious. Um, and so you know they're they're getting hot and heavy, and they go in for a kiss because Kramer goes, you know, wants to know if the results are in, and he mm-hmm. goes, this is in case there's a tie, and and plants one on her, and he kicks the oh stool. My, my God, Th- this whole process. This whole process of everything that's about to happen, I had to like rewatch and pause and then then write my notes. I'm like, how how in the world? But okay, go, go ahead, d- describe it. Well, so he kicks a stool into a counter, and that causes a test tube to the the top to pop off, and for it to uh, tip over and start pouring into the test tube that had Rudy Giuliani's blood in it. <laughs> Like what? What kind of Rube Goldberg machine is is inside this lab? Like they they don't secure vials of human blood. Yeah, yeah, with tops and, and stuff like and that. And also, what is the vial that poured into Rudy Giuliani's blood? Did we see it? Was it labeled at all? Not that I saw. Yeah, okay. it's weird. Like, what was it? Was it just like pure cholesterol, or was it? I, I want to know if it was just like pure sugar. Yeah, yeah, or or someone else, like an obese person's or, sample or something like something, that. Something, yeah. I, I feel like that would really, really add to the joke if, yeah, uh, if yeah. you see like, oh yeah, this is from, I don't know, I, I know he's not like a, a prominent figure yet in 93, but like, oh, this is Chris Christie's blood. Yes. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> or it would have been pretty funny if like that was the yogurt culture and it loaded up his blood with a ton of fat <laughs> and and then, but I mean, they, they play it for later that he liked the non-fat yogurt, quote unquote, but... I think it would have been funnier if they were like, no, we have no idea what happened. And then they say, oh, the yogurt spilled into Rudy Giuliani's blood. And that's why it came back so high in whatever, you know? Yeah. But so at, back at the frozen yogurt shop, Elaine is, you know, she's relented to telling the lie to Lloyd about George's arm. And then they're talking about, you know, the um, about Mayor Dinkins. And I guess this is where we learn there's kind of an election on the way because Elaine goes, you know, if I'm if I was running for mayor, here's what I would do. I'd make everybody in New York City wear name tags because, uh, you know, then everyone would be a lot more friendly to each other if you knew their names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Lloyd says he'll tell Mayor Dinkins about that. 
she says like yeah it would feel like a, a um it would just feel a lot more like a small town yeah yeah which is just so weird okay <laughs> um they get up to leave and they put their arms around each other and lloyd makes the weight gain face when he puts his arm around Elaine. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if it's uh, if it's like he's actually, like, feeling the extra weight, or if his arm is just not, like, coming around to, like, where he expects it to on yeah. a woman. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he just gives, like, the, he just gives it the, uh, boof face, yeah, you know? Yeah. Back in Jerry's apartment, now Lloyd hasn't called in, like, three days uh, because, you know, Lane thinks it's because he knows how much weight she's put on. And it didn't help that when they went back to his place, Elaine sat on a chair and it broke. <laughs> and then Lloyd says, I mean, like, you're a lot of woman or something yeah, like that. Yeah, boy, you're a lot of woman. <laughs> boy, you're a lot of woman. <laughs> um, Jesus H. Kramer comes in and starts talking about Dinkins has proposed wearing name tags and the it, everyone thinks it's just preposterous and a stupid idea and it could cost him the election uh-huh. but elaine uh, likes it elaine is happy <laughs> yeah elaine's like oh my gosh she really did because just like us we, she probably thought lloyd was just giving her lip service like oh i'll mention that to mayor dinkins and, uh-huh. and she's like oh wow he actually thought it was a good idea and so did the mayor so much for the point that he's making it part of the campaign but then when he when kramer says it could cost him the election then elaine you can tell she gets kind of a worried look on her face mm-hmm. uh but the lab calls and uh, the results are in. They tell Jerry on the phone, and it's that the yogurt has fat. <laughs> it is not fat-free. He just yells it in Kramer's face like, fat! Fat! Yeah. Uh, over at the West Park Medical Group, uh, George is meeting with Mayor Dinkins' orthopedist, and the, he says, I've looked at, you know, I've looked at, I've examined you, I've looked at the x-rays, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And then I like that George goes, oh, I, uh, I guess it's a mystery. And the doctor goes, no, have you considered that you might be faking it? <laughs> and George, like, George is offended, even though it's exactly true. He's like, you think I have time to doubt it? Like, he, he says all these stuff, that is, all, this, all these things that are true about yeah, himself, yeah, he, he but says, in a very offended way. Yeah, he's like, what kind of person would, would take the time <laughs> to fake something like this? He's like, oh, someone who is probably very sick, very immature, <laughs> someone who has no regard for wasting other people's valuable time. And yeah. at each of those, George is like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he sort of like raises his eyebrows like, man, mm, that's me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so they both kind of lay into each other uh, in, in kind of a passive aggressive way. And so George gets up. Well, he's essentially thrown out of the office, but he gets up to leave and he bumps his arm on the desk <laughs> on his way out. Yeah, he actually hits his elbow on something yeah. this time. Yeah, by, by mistake, like a legit accident. Um, in Jerry's apartment, there's a news report. Uh, and Giuliani's cholesterol is apparently off the charts at 375. I don't know what normal is, but that definitely sounds high. Um, and the in, in other campaign news, Mayor Dinkins has fired his head campaign manager, whatever Lloyd Braun, uh, for you know allegedly the man behind the name tag idea. Uh, and then a press conference starts with the real Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, jeez. I don't remember this at all. I was like, wow, that's that's crazy that Giuliani had a cameo on Seinfeld. The actual Rudy Giuliani was on Seinfeld. Yeah, he's got tons of hair. It's crazy. And like we said, he still probably has a moral compass at this point. Probably uh, has not sold his soul to Satan himself. Uh, I think that's why he has so much hair, in fact. You know, that, that can stress you out. The, the, the price of his soul was his hair. 
Yeah, yeah, it really, it really was. And uh, so it's it's a press conference about the results. And Rudy is is uh, you know confused because he takes care of himself. Is only he says my only indulgence, if you can call it that, is this frozen yogurt that I eat, but it's non-fat. Yeah, and so. Jerry's like, oh my gosh, they got to Giuliani and he doesn't even know it because, you know, when they get these results, he mentions to Elaine, this could be a conspiracy. Who knows how far this goes up, you know? <laughs> and so the fact that they've got to a, uh, an NYC mayoral candidate, Jerry's like, well, I'm going to call Giuliani headquarters and let them know about this. Mm-hmm. Back at George's parents' place, George is delighting in Braun's misfortune and Lloyd Braun's misfortune of, <laughs> you know, of, of you know, transmitting that name tag idea and then getting fired for it yeah yeah and his dad likes the name tag idea and i I forget the example he's uh he uses but he's like oh hey how are you doing joe oh good steve how are you like (laughs) it's new york city that's never gonna happen even if even if people are wearing name tags that's never gonna happen and also you know the their parents can't admit that you know they still think lloyd braun is is much better than their son oh for sure they would still trade in a second So, uh, and meanwhile, George, his arm is actually spasming now. He like, you know, he hits his elbow into the lamp that's next to him and almost knocks it over because he hit it on the desk on the way out. Uh, Meanwhile, there's another Rudy Giuliani press conference about the yogurt. You know, he's like, it's come to my campaign's attention that, you know, about this yogurt. And if I'm elected mayor, I'll uh, start a task force that will rid the city of this false non-fat yogurt or something like that Uh, yeah because there's no other problems going on in new york city he's going to implement a special task force into ridding the city of fake non-fat yogurt yeah yeah that's like Uh, a campaign promise you make when you're running for eighth grade president it's like yeah i'm gonna have more dances and we're gonna have a real pizza in the cafeteria yeah yeah. Yeah. soda machines yeah and soda machines yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah, I do love that the frozen yogurt task force or whatever. Uh, back at the yogurt shop, there the gang is eating actual non-fat yogurt, and it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, they they all hate it. Everybody hates yeah. it, including Newman, who's also in the yogurt shop but sitting at a different table because he's he's not with his uh, postman friends anymore. Yeah, and he's upset and, and vows revenge on Jerry for ruining this for him. And, <laughs> and Jerry's like, but it but it had fat in it. And Newman's like, I didn't, I don't care. You know, it tasted good. And ignorance was was bliss to (laughs) Newman when it came to the yogurt. Uh, Elaine picks up a newspaper and she's reading an article that not only clears up what happened in the lab that, you know, that Rudy Giuliani's cholesterol test was, uh, you know, tainted, but also that says the yogurt issue swept Giuliani into office. And that did, it's kind of the one issue towards the end of the election process where that that people really just jumped on and were behind him with. And, and like, has the election happened at this point? I get the feeling that it has. Okay, that, that's what I got, but like, I, I wasn't sure if this was just like right before it, you know? Yeah, yeah, could be, but the, but the fact she says swept him into office makes it sound like it's all over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew and his mom drop by and. Uh, Matthew says, thanks for ruining my dad's business, you fat fuck. <laughs> and that's pretty much the episode. Although the bleeping wasn't as good in this case. So did it seem to you like Matthew said, you fat fake? I got an A sound right mm. before the K. They sort of bleeped the beginning and not the end. And I just wonder if... I don't know. I didn't know, catch I, that. I guess, like, no one would mind. Like, who would really mind if a kid that age was saying, you know, that word? But, but I'm just wondering if they made him say something different during 
production because it was going to be bleeped anyway, you know? I don't know. I, I would like to know what they actually did say, like, in front of the live crowd, you know? Because I, I highly doubt that this, like, 12-year-old kid is just saying, fuck, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, in front of a lot. Yeah, people might take issue with that, even though, again, he's, like, well of age to yeah. be talking like that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's why I was like, in this instance, when they they missed the bleep a little bit, it really did seem like he was saying fake. Maybe it, maybe it was fake. Yeah, you know, you like got fake. Yeah, because I mean, I'm trying to think of like how like uh, the people's mouths look whenever they're saying fake versus fuck, and it, yeah. it's very similar. Yeah, totally. Hmm. All right. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. We could do get one more stand up bit about cursing as a kid and how great that is it's like in the keys of the car and it's totally true oh my gosh when you when you start cursing as a kid like that's it's game changing oh yeah (laughs) well do you remember like when you started like cursing like all the time probably like fourth or fifth grade really see yeah for for me it was sixth grade because the age gap with uh my brother and my sister my brother is four years older than me and my sister was one year younger than me so Whenever I was in sixth grade, it was the one time that I was in a school with none of my siblings. Ah. Uh. So my, my brother was in high school and my sister was still in elementary school. So I, I was just like swearing up a storm. Because <laughs> you wouldn't get caught and tattled on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now I say, I want to say maybe, now I'm thinking back to third grade. I mean, I distinctly remember... Um, <laughs> I distinctly remember carving the word asshole into uh, a piece of wood on the playground and and almost getting in trouble for it. Um, but somehow I got out of it. I don't know how. But I believe that was third grade. So, yeah, it might have even been as early as, as third grade. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, like the, but, yeah, this, it's just so fun the, and funny. And you make up little rhymes and songs and just, you know, it's like it's, This will show them I'm going to carve asshole into this log like yeah exactly okay (laughs) but then he so that's compared to you know cursing as an adult now you have to you know when you're allowed to curse you can't (laughs) you have to use these wholesome curses like ah fudge Uh, yeah Ah, fudge sugar sugar. and consarnate consarnate yeah (laughs) i've never heard this that's you know I, I think I've heard it in like I think I've heard Yosemite Sam say it you know consarn <laughs> you consarn it rabbit or whatever. <laughs> um, so it's definitely yeah turn of the century like oh, Civil God. War era <laughs> maybe even uh, curse word uh, and then he he brings up foreign curse words and I thought a better way to go about this would have been to because he he talks about. Something, again, sort of unrelatable in the world of Seinfeld. You travel around to all these foreign countries. Uh, no, we don't. No? The audience it, you're talking to is probably, you know, 90% has never been out of the country. Just imagine <laughs> that. You know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a very small population of people that are international travelers for fun and leisure. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, but my I God. Think, I think it would have been better if he was like, and then, you know, you get to high school and you start taking, you know, uh, like talking about Spanish and having to take French and, and taking foreign language. And what's the first thing you want to do is learn the curse words. Yeah, that's a much better way to take this. Instead of, yeah, it's not yeah, as extreme, but it's much more relatable. It, you know how we all take our summers in Europe and, and, our, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Our, and our winters in Hawaii. Not, yeah. ho- not Hawaii, but our, our, our winters in Brazil. You know, you're your you're Italian lake villa, yeah, and you want to know how to say duty there. It's uh, <laughs> it's very very funny. <laughs> oh my so God. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what what do we got for homework? We got to look up 
Um, obviously, whatever the candy bar is. And also, <laughs> we got to see what Matthew and his mom said in what episode did you say it was? The parking space? The parking space. Okay, yeah. in season three, we got to look up and see if she clarified that he has to close the yogurt shop and not just close the store or close the shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I, I think that's the only this episode specific piece of homework that we have. I think it is too. Um, do you want me to? Oh my gosh! Well, okay. I just pulled up Seinfeld scripts right now. Okay. Um, for for the parking space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's take care of it now if we can. And it says, an old man and Matthew, the boy whose father owns the fat-free frozen yogurt store, are discussing oh. the incident. Okay. But that that's just that's a that's just a script, script note. Okay. That's a uh script note. But so here's where it happens. Um hey Matthew, hi Jerry. This guy's really a jerk. How you doing? Okay. How's your father? I hear he's closing the store. What? Oh no, nothing. What's happened to daddy? He's going out of business? No. We're not going to have any money. We're out of money. No, of course not. Uh yeah, all they just keep saying is the store, the store, the store. Interesting. It's just a script note that says the fat-free yogurt shop. Yeah. Okay, so why is this happening in season three? I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah, it's it's they don't all they say is store. They never mention it's a frozen yogurt store, at least, you know, in this and this is a transcription most of the time. You know, it's not a, you know, it's where do we learn that Matthew and his family own a frozen yogurt store. Okay, I, I'm opening this up to, like, a- anybody listening to this who gets angry at me for, like, overreacting to things. Justify this, please. Give me <laughs> give me one reason why this happened in season three, and then we have this episode in season five. Seriously. And how we were supposed to know it involved frozen yogurt, and this is the family, and, and this and that. Yeah, and, and also, extra credit, justify why they took a season and a half to get to this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it oh, seems very man. unnecessary. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, do we want to come up with a better description? Let's see. Okay. Well, we had... Let me scroll back to it. Jerry and Elaine suspect Kramer's yogurt shop is causing their weight gain. Um. Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, I, I really like it. It's vague enough. It doesn't tell you what's going on. Yeah. The only thing it doesn't bring in is kind of the B story with George and uh, Lloyd Braun, but yeah, and I, that does it does tie into the yogurt adventure, but... It's not really necessary. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessary to include in the in the description, like, the week prior, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to unzip Newman's mail sack? Definitely. All right. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got uh, an email from Kat uh, who says, I thought I would switch to corresponding by email rather than on Ted's personal Instagram messages. <laughs> Uh, she says, first off, you are correct in your assessment that I am exactly the type of person to listen to the puffy shirt on headphones to see what the low talker was actually saying. I'm officially on it. I have very good ears for that kind of thing, incidentally. Ooh. And she says, secondly, I think George's convertible comment was just a twofold joke. First, the obvious that there would have been no roof. But secondly, the reason George never cared for a convertible is that in his mind, it seems the pleasure of driving one is feeling the wind in your hair, which begs mm. the question, what is there to get pushed? down when he wears a hat wait what what do you mean i she says uh because he's saying that he uh doesn't he say something like he doesn't wear a hat because it pushes his hair down yeah i guess so but he doesn't have yeah. any hair no but, you're right but also the thrill of driving a convertible is feeling the air through your hair yeah so, so why what, wear a so, hat yeah so, so and also where's the pleasure in driving a convertible for george 
Yeah, I don't. I guess that's why he doesn't have one. That's why he tells that lady that he, you know, <laughs> that he doesn't have one. He's uh, like, well, this, you know, it would have, it was, could have all been avoided if I had a convertible, but you know, I've never really liked them because you know I'm bald. Mm-hmm. And oh, so man. they just sort of get off topic. You know, they're talking about this guy dying, and it's like a, just a weird, <laughs> dumb aside. I true, think is true. You know. And then uh, she also includes, thirdly, what's interesting about this episode to me, uh, talking about the Briss, uh, what's in- what's interesting about this episode to me additionally is that godparents are not a Jewish tradition. I've only ever heard of Christians and Catholics doing that. My headcanon is that maybe only one parent is Jewish, but as far as the episode goes, seems like the godparent thing was a uh, MacGuffin. Yeah, that's true. I never considered that. I guess I just, I just chalked it up to me not knowing much about Judaism, but... Yeah, that that's very interesting. I don't know. And she also includes drink because she mentioned the word MacGuffin. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although she didn't mention the word zeitgeist, which no. drink, by the way, <laughs> yeah. is is our, our drinking game. And also we've got an email from David Putzier. Uh, who says, I just discovered your podcast a few days ago. I'm really enjoying it. I am up to season three, episode one. So far, the one thing that's really getting on my nerves is Ted's oh. overreaction to anything not Ultra, SJW, or PC. Oh, or, no. Or how he automatically applies racist or sexist reasoning to the character's actions or words, regardless of whether there could be other reasons. It's irritating how uncomfortable he gets. I hope he gets over this because his head cannon, his head is going to explode as the seasons progress. Just relax <laughs> for crying out loud and let yourself laugh. The age difference between you two really shows how much things have changed in recent years by how sensitive and dare I say snowflakey he gets oh, at times. God. Tim is much more rational, easygoing, and willing to just have a <laughs> laugh without trying to find something to cringe over. Okay, my rant is over. P.S. Another thing I wish you would not do. I wish you would do is not read uh, next episode's synopsis ahead of time. They keep putting total spoilers in them. I want Ted to get the full enjoyment of the episodes. David from Eugene, Oregon. Ah, <laughs> uh, David, you're killing me. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not. That's the show. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna like flip out uh, like I, I did before because I'm I'm honestly trying to get better at taking criticism uh <laughs> but seriously that that's that that's kind of the point of our show is since i'm watching these episodes for the first time i don't know how they played in 1993 so i'm watching them with my point of view of comedy from 2019 so well if you don't want me to like overreact to things that i'm sorry that that's the way comedy is now that's the way culture is now if you want to go back to 1993, invent a time machine, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's kind of that was the that's made, well, that's what I felt was going to make this podcast so interesting. Was I think I said this in one of the first couple episodes or whatever? Is that when I heard Ted had never seen an episode of Seinfeld, I thought I had found an unfrozen caveman. Like, and so <laughs> you know, so I was like, we can study him and see what he thinks of you know of our modern world. Uh, and you know, by watching a show from 1993 or whatever, you know, oh, like yeah. see what you know, un, you're you're untainted by, you know, that and like I said, like that's the show, you know. So and <laughs> it's interesting that he points you out for it because I feel like I sometimes pick up on stuff that that yeah, I mean, it, it's not like you're like uh like 65 and defending like everything that like uh happens in the show, and I'm like I don't know 14. And yeah. I get triggered at everything. <laughs> uh, we're only, what, like 10 years apart? 
Yeah, yeah. And and only one of us has actually used the word cisgender on the show. Yes. And it wasn't and, Ted. And it wasn't me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I mean, thanks for listening this far into it. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of the show. If, if it's not irritating you enough to stop listening, I don't think it gets worse. Yeah. If that yeah. And, and I don't think he will hear this uh, episode. If he's listening in chronological order, uh, I don't think he'll hear this episode for a, a little while, but... Uh, I mean, David. Seriously, thank you for thank you for the email. Thank you for uh, your comment. But I mean, that, and for listening, yeah, and, and for listening, as as absolutely. I, but I mean, that's kind of the point of our show. If uh, if you want to just hear us talk about Seinfeld and like not react to like how the jokes are playing uh, in present day, there's many other Seinfeld podcasts that are just gonna read the quotes and play sound bites. Yeah, and and, and analyze it in a, in a completely different way, which yeah. we wouldn't have started this if we were gonna do that because. You know, that's well-worn territory. Exactly. Oh, and as far as your PS goes, we're not going to stop doing the episode descriptions the week before. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like... Um, I like doing that. Yeah, and it, it, I, don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it, it spoils too much. Sometimes it definitely... Some of them are wordy. Like, they, they just are basically oh, yeah. the entire plot of the episode. I will give you that, but <laughs> that's why we make them better at the end of the episode. Exactly. Yeah. Some of <laughs> some of them are very bad, but I, I get enjoyment out of, like, ones that we can make better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, man. Yeah, and, and it gives me a little indication as to, like, what's coming up as well, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll... We'll get, like, one episode, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is a really good one. Granted, I'll like have no idea what you're referring to, but you automatically know uh, that you're going to look forward to next week's episode. And in turn, I'll know, okay, yeah, this next episode's uh, probably going to be something good at, at very least. Yeah, which you know. could taint your viewing of it, you know, uh, it, to, to his point, but, it, it could. but not enough. To, it could. And I, I, I can definitely see his point, yeah. um, but I, I don't feel like it's tainting my view of the episode to the point where I'm m- definitely more excited to watch this one versus <laughs> one that you're like, hmm, I don't really remember what happens in that. So I'll go into it thinking, oh, this episode's going to suck, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, which I, I, I say more often than not, I think. Yeah, really. You, you're you're more often saying, hmm, I don't really remember what happens. I, that doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't think it's ruining anything, uh, anything major anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, man. Do do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Uh, Well, next week, we've got Season 5, Episode 8, The Barber. We're going to read next week's episode description. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) David, if you are listening to this, uh, I'm I'm just pulling your leg. Uh, But again, thank you for listening. Next week's episode, The Barber, original air date, November 11th, 1993. If you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry frets over leaving his incompetent barber, and George gets a job. Oh, is that a spoiler? No, no, I mean, it's uh, I, I wouldn't think so. OK, <laughs> it's not, if I was going um, I, to I honestly, this is one of the episodes where I'm going to go. I don't remember this. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, oh my God. so I, I don't know. I don't know what happens, but it sounds like it could have stopped after that first sentence. But yeah, we'll have yeah. to find out next week. We'll have to find out next week. Oh, man. All right. Okay, that's it. That's it. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.